Before we get started, we just want to let you know about a few ways you can support our Grassroots Indie show. You can follow us on social media at No Bad Reviews Pod. We'd love it if you could go to your favorite podcasting app and rate us and review us. Also, please tell a friend about our podcast. And last, you can financially support us on patreon.com slash nobadreviews, buymeacoffee.com slash nobadreviewspod, and you can buy merch at our website, nobadreviewspodcast.com. Thank you, and enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where three friends, co-workers, and coffee industry professionals get together every other week, and we explore the beautiful globe that we live upon through the lens of coffee. We talk about anybody and anything. Sometimes we'll name the person. Sometimes we won't. That's a new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we'll tell you to Google it. <laughs> We're name dropping today. Big time. Or sometimes we have a really fun episode about a really fun person. <laughs> and that's today. Uh, I'm Jenny and I run the operations at a coffee company called Modest Coffee. And I'm Marcus and I am co-founder of Modest Coffee, Good Food Award winning coffee roaster and uh, Santa isn't real. <gasps> Sorry, guys. Oh man, we should. We're gonna have to insert like a like a one of those. If you're driving with a kid in the car, warnings. No, don't. Just leave that for him. If you're driving with kids in the car, go back in time, <laughs> three minutes, and Sorry. tell them to close their ears. We never said we were a kid-friendly podcast. If anybody like allows their kids to listen to this amount of swearing. Mm. <laughs> well, I question your parenting decisions. Domino motherfuckers, what's happening? Um, I'm Stephanie. Oh, is this like a new phrase we're going to learn today? This is a Domino new, motherfucker. This is what I'm doing today. Hell yes. Sugar. It's a little hint about today's episode. I'm excited to learn more about this phrase that I may incorporate into my daily life. I'm just trying to drop as many phrases from... His first album as I can <laughs> into today's episode. That is my whole plan. I've written an entire episode around about just being able to use these ridiculous phrases. Amazing. They're not ridiculous when he says them. Yeah. But I guarantee when I say them. Yeah. And if somebody has picked up on Domino Motherfuckers reference, <laughs> you just won the prize. The prize. You won a prize. I assume, though, that they read the title when they clicked play that's true you we know. might have had a spoiler but it's okay we need to stop putting a chat we're just episode 72 that's all it is <laughs> no no description <laughs> except for our self-promotions right and then it'll yeah. just be this episode is just the title or the um definition what is it the description is just going to say domino motherfucker <laughs> oh can it can it say that we should make that That'll be, that'll get the I'll clicks. put it like, domino, motherfucker, and then yeah. click to hear more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all caps. 
Today we're talking about world-renowned coffee roaster, Kelvin oh. Brodus Jr. <gasps> Ever heard of him? Oh, man. I have not. You know, I'm <laughs> names to faces, I'm not. Hmm. I heard he won a good food award. Did he? <laughs> did he really? No. Oh. I didn't no, memorize did all of them. Okay. <laughs> no, he did not. You but he heard? is famous, though. He is, is he like, very famous. Is Just he like Salt Bay of coffee roasters? I don't know what Salt Bay is. I don't know what Salt Bay is either. Oh, okay. That's a reference that, you know, some of you listeners might get. He's the guy that, like, does this with the salt and, like, the... Never mind. He's, like, very, very Instagram-y guys. Look him up. (laughs) Can you Um, tell me his name again? Calvin Brodus Jr. Okay. Cool. I thought that there was three names, but Jr. was the third. Okay. Oh, Calvin Cortazar. Brodus wow, Jr., if you name. actually want his full name. Oh. But you may know him as Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg in the house. What? Um, his coffee is Indo XYZ. Love it. That's an Indonesia reference, unless you're... Don't assume it's drugs. <laughs> no, sorry. There's a fly. Oh, I thought you were clapping No, me I'm out. sorry. I thought you were like, shut the fuck up. No, I'm sorry. Marcus is like, we don't talk about drugs on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um... This is inappropriate for the children. You know. <laughs> yeah, so um, I want to I wanna say thank you to Snoop, first of all, because unlike certain pop punk bands that we could mention, he does not hide the fact that someone else roasts his coffee. He does not make you think that he's getting off the tour bus and walking straight into the roastery. Yeah. Right. Thank you for your honesty and upfrontness. Thank you for not making me like dig deep to find the roaster. Huh, good like job. Like some people did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is um. What do they call that? Um. What like a uh, licensing? They license their image. Is this a licensing deal? You know, supposedly Snoop? he and this guy are like buddies. Okay. And um. Yeah, the coffee roaster we are going to talk about. His name is Michael Riotti, and he's an Indonesian guy. And. He specializes in Indonesian coffee, and he does have his own company, and then this is like his joint venture. With so Snoop. this is like the the kids explain this to me. They call that a collab. Oh, yeah, hmm. yeah. But I read about it um, briefly when we first when I first found out about this coffee. I read an article about it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's basically this guy who has the Indonesian connection. Snoop Dogg wanted to start an Indo company coffee company or something so we found somebody who would fit with that and then the two of them hit it off as pals i I feel like snoop dogg kind of hits it off with everyone though yeah that's what i was gonna say i don't know anyone who doesn't want to hang out with snoop dogg right and like i read a lot about snoop dogg over the past couple weeks and i like hardly anybody has anything negative to say about him it's usually like yeah, people love this guy. It's like Tipper Gore going after him. <laughs> yeah, Tipper Gore, right? <laughs> Only one who doesn't like Snoop Dogg. You know, but that's more about uh, his art and less about who he is as a person. Like, nobody's really complaining about who he is as a person. He seems like a very stand-up guy to me. Like, he seems like a genuine, mm-hmm. um, like, down-to-earth, like, good values type of guy like it just seems like he cares about his family he cares about his businesses he um and just cares about like being chill and smoking weed i mean that helps to be chill it does i mean he seems to care about that that seems to be a core value i guess it is a core value yep yeah i mean i get that but you know it's like i don't know he just seems like a cool dude like despite all of his fame and, like, he could be very pretentious, but he 
doesn't be. You really get the feeling that it like what you see is what you get mm-hmm. with that guy. Did you guys see the MTV Cribs? Oh, you know. With Snoop Dogg? I looked up a bunch of videos, but not that one. Oh, very, very same thing, like very uh, modest housing, you know. He was mm. not like, it wasn't crazy, flashy, showy, like a lot of the other um, MTV Cribs. Were. And it was just like him, like in his boxers, like just kind of chilling, like not like, <laughs> you know, didn't, his family, his kids, you know, wife. <laughs> Long time wife. Didn't he have <laughs> yeah. like a like a? Didn't he have a reality show for a little while back in like the two thousands? So I watched a little clip of his reality show called. I think I watched a few episodes of that. Oh gosh, um, oh I didn't even write down the name. It's like um, I feel like Daddy's in the name. I feel like Daddy's. Ha- <laughs> I don't know. Actually, <laughs> don't know. Daddy's house feels like some. Thing that I, I I just made up. <laughs> what was my, I was most impressed by if, if if it was the whatever it was that I watched, it was like a personal look into his life, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming it was the reality show. And I was mostly impressed by the fact that him and his wife like have been together for so long, and that he's just a really family oriented guy, and that he just like whatever he's doing with like the music and the weed smoking and all that. That's part of, like, his brand. Mm-hmm. But, like, who he actually is is just this guy, like you said, pretty modest house, not flashy, just trying to, like, live his life and be a family guy. I don't know about not flashy. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I just didn't. You know, compared a- to, like, people who are driving these, like, fancy cars and have these gigantic houses and it's all about the money and the wealth. And, like, you know, if you were to go in... Um, there are certain people who have reality TV shows where it's all about their wealth. And for him, right. my impression was it's all about his family. That's basically what my impression was. Okay. I, I watched a clip of uh, that show, and it seemed very scripted. It, like, annoyed me how mm. scripted it seemed. But uh, the kids did go into his closet when he wasn't there to steal money out of his jacket pockets, which I thought was funny. And um, I was amused by his closet, which looks uh, a lot like my closet in that it was not very big and it was packed so full. And it was not, you know, it wasn't like this huge room that you walk into that was well organized with someone else taking care of his laundry and shit. It was just like... A closet. A bunch of shit thrown in it. Oh, my God. And it was just like all jerseys and fur coats. It was really <laughs> funny. Uh, see, this That's is what cool. I love. Yeah. Snoop Dogg is all of us. Right. <laughs> all right. Snoop Dogg was born in 1971. He's a couple years older than me. Oh, um, he's a pretty young guy. Uh, like 51 now. Yeah. Wow. Um, did you think he was older? I yeah. thought he was 70. <laughs> For some reason. I mean, like, 71. I, yeah. I was surprised. I thought he was, like, you Although, know, peers with Bill Cosby. Wow. Although I guess 50 is getting kind of old these days. Yes. Hey, now. I, I mean, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> and all of our 50-year-old listeners. Sorry. I'm just being a jerk. As I approach 50. Wow. Snoop's a young, yeah, young, young fellow. I think about where I was in life like driving around in my car, listening to Doggy Style and what I had accomplished at that point. And he was like world famous. So young. He accomplished a lot really young. He would have been like 20. He was, I think he was 22 when Doggy Style came out. Wow. That's what I mean. I thought he was older when that happened because so few people get that level of success at 22. Right. It was extremely 
shockingly successful. Especially outside of the back in the day when you didn't have YouTube to like get right. people like Justin yeah. Bieber yeah. famous. <laughs> That's right. I did say Bieber on uh, purpose. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 1971 is also the year that rap was born. 1971? 1971. Did they, like, did they retroactively say, this is when Snoop Dogg was born, so So that's when It's the beginning of rap No, his essence Uh, coming into the world brought the essence of rap Heralded in a new era in music. If you believe in souls or whatever, (laughs) Snoop Dogg's soul brought that into this world. Rap has arrived in this world. Um... His essence arrived in the form of a Jamaican guy in the South Bronx named Cool Herc. Love it. Cool Herc was like playing turntables and rapping over them. Um, Hip hop started at like block parties. So the South Bronx in the 70s was kind of a disaster. That's a rabbit hole we don't have to go down. But like literally they talk about like the Bronx was burning and that's because the city decided to save money by just, like, taking all the fire stations out of the poor neighborhoods. Ugh. So the South Bronx was literally, like, 70% of the apartments in the South Bronx burned down. Shit. In the 1970s. Like, I can't even wrap my head around that number. It's insane. That's crazy. So, like, that's what was going on in the background. It was also, like, the late 70s. You had those rolling blackouts and that um, Summer of Sam serial murderer mm-hmm. guy. Well, you know, let up me shit happened in the 70s. Yeah. I want to say the 70s in New York City mm-hmm. were generally a fucking dumpster fire kind of in general. All huh. over New York. I think yeah. even like Manhattan, wasn't it Manhattan too. too. Yeah. The disaster. whole city. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, so um, hip hop, the word hip hop used to refer to the parties like we're going to go to a hip hop. Mm. And they were these like big block parties and you'd have oh. these. Maybe like a sock hop, but hip. But, yeah. but hip, that's right. Yeah. Far less square. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this guy, Cool Herc, kind of gets the credit for being the first one to like break out turntables and like sample these songs and just like talk over them. He would use the instrumental part of the song. He'd play it over and over and over and he would sure. just kind of talk over it. He used a lot of funk. Like he really liked James Brown. He didn't think that the American audience would get reggae which is what he really wanted to do. So he was using funk. Yeah, I guess Ska had not come to the United States, really. I'm thinking back, the other reggae that was associated was with Ska. Yeah. But that was still... That was still... It went to England first. Mm, Remember? Right. Maybe he was right. Um... Break dancers, so the break in the music was the part where the instrumental part was repeated and no one was rapping and people would dance during the break. Oh, hell yeah. And that's where the term break dancing came from. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's, that's fun. also James Brown and a few songs like Kick It to the Break. Ah. Yeah, that's when all the, yeah, that's when the musicians go fucking nuts too. Yeah. <laughs> the so, solos the or so- whatever. Yeah. Drum yeah. solo. Grandmaster Flash heard Cool Herc, um, and he started doing the same thing, but a little weirder. Like, he was um, playing records backwards. He was scratching them up more. He was just, like, adding his own twist to it. But he couldn't rap. So he got together with a band, uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. 
They released a song in 1979 called We Rap More Mellow. They were called the younger generation at that point. And that is not credited with being the first official rap song. At first, they didn't think you could record rap. Like, you can't record it. It's like... Because it's like in the moment. It's like part of it is being in this, you know, group of people outside, at, you know, a cookout or a barbecue or whatever, a block party. Yeah. Just rap. It's like, it's like meant to be... Yeah, in the moment. It's like you're feeling the moment. A lot of it was freestyle. They weren't coming with written lyrics. They were just like saying whatever popped into their head in the moment. It's like particle physics. As soon as you observe it, you fucking ruin (laughs) the whole experiment. (laughs) Yep. That's right. Yeah. It was actually a woman. First uh, time rap has ever been compared to particle physics. (laughs) See? There you go. You heard it here first. Yeah. Now I'd like to see a physicist. Just let it flow naturally. You I'd know? like to see a physicist, a cool physicist, do a paper on this now. Yeah, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Challenge, a challenge. To all of our physicist <laughs> listeners that are cool. <laughs> Show how cool you are. Yeah. All of you. There was another song that also, 1979 was like the year. There was the first song that came out in 1979 in March was called King Tim the Third by F- the Fatback Band. And that was originally an instrumental song that they had someone rap over at the last minute. And that was like maybe officially the first rap song. And then this Grandmaster Flash song came out. And then the Sugar Kill, the Sugar Kill, the Sugar Hill Gang came out with Rapper's Delight. And that's considered the first successful oh, okay. rap song. That's the first one that got radio play. That that's one the is, one that people it's still have a heard jam. of. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, there was a woman producer named Sylvia Robinson who insisted on, like, recording this song, and she really kind of, like, was instrumental in making rap a thing. Hell yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Sylvia, good job. I no. wish I knew more about her, but that was one of those rabbit holes that I didn't go down. I'm it's okay. trying to limit myself. It's okay. It's, Marcus you know. says he needs to do less editing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, that won't make it in the episode. <laughs> You should leave it. Leave it. I'm challenging you to leave it. Uh, For all those people who listen and are like, you guys sound so good. Yeah. That's because Marcus cuts out all of our bullshit. We're actually here for like four hours every time. You only get an hour. It's all good. It's all good. You know, it's we're we're just hanging out. That's what happens when three friends, coworkers, and coffee industry professionals get together every other week. Yeah. So the eighties were big for rap, but Gangster rap was just starting to, like, appear. 1984, Run DMC. 1987, okay. Public Enemy and LL Cool J. But it was, like, um, it was actually Ice-T in 1986 who gets a lot of credit for gangster rap. He was kind of, like, the first successful one. Heavily influenced by a guy named Schooly D out of Philadelphia. I just think it's so funny that Ice-T... Has is like a detective on SVU for yeah. so many I years like that. now. I just like for some reason it just it makes me laugh. It's like does. that juxtaposition. Like I can't even imagine him being a gangster rapper because right. he's just Agent Finn. Yeah, I just think of him as like a cop now. That's yeah. pretty fucked up. Ice T. Um, he ended up in one of my playlists, and it was like him like rapping about his like uh, there was it was really rough like upbringing about Aww. his mom, and yeah, it was pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. When gangster so. rap first came out and people started calling it gangster rap, 
the actual rappers were like, mm, this is reality rap. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to pretend to be something we're not. We're trying to actually tell our story yeah. of what it's like to live here and, you know, be young and black and male. And it wasn't easy. I'm sure it's still not. Well, that's what gets me, too. Sometimes you'll hear people, like, probably mostly, like, old white ladies who are like, rap music is blah, blah, blah. They're talking about things, they blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but that's the reality of some people. And if you don't like it, like, why don't you, why don't we think about how do we help change people's realities mm-hmm. as a society mm-hmm. rather than just being like, well, they're blah, blah, blah. No, these are the people, this is how people live. You sound mm-hmm. like somebody who's gone woke. Both of you. <laughs> I've done been woke. Yeah. I've been awake for a long time. Well, I mean, that's, Since you at know, least 7 a.m. That's the whole, <laughs> that's the whole point of it. Anyways. Um, all right, so rap is um, born and growing, and so is Snoop. He um, He's actually named after his stepfather, this crazy big name. His dad sort of disappeared right at the beginning, and his stepdad was there pretty okay. much from day one. All right. So um, he has two brothers. He's the middle. He's in the middle of two brothers. His stepdad wasn't around for too long and actually died really young, Ooh. and so Snoop was mostly raised by his mom. Wait a second. He's named after a stepdad. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm a little confused, confused too by how that all works. Because wouldn't the stepdad come after his dad well, impregnated his mom? Think. I do not have the details on this whole situation. Unless his mom like maybe got knocked up. Well, maybe Snoop was his was or maybe they added on maybe they added I mean on. he could have adopted him right you know and That's then changed, his, changed name. his name right? I guess his dad left when he was just like a couple of months old okay and his stepdad was always there yeah hmm. That's so all I know. you know there's four names gotta come from somewhere you gotta talk to his mom if you want the uh details on the starting and ending point of each relationship well look when I'm she's probably too. still alive when yeah. she sends yeah. us an email at hello at no bad reviews podcast.com we'll be sure to report back yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. We're looking for her clarification. Um, Snoop was born in Long Beach, grew up there. His his mom gave him the nickname Snoopy Aww. because he loved the Peanuts character Snoopy. Did so he really? Cute. Yeah. That's like that the most adorable. wholesome fucking name to get the way to get that name. Can I can Jeez. we just stop and say like Snoop Dogg's fucking wholesome? Yeah, for real. <laughs> you know what else I learned this week is that um Suge Knight has that name because his mom called him Sugar Bear when Aww. he was little. Sugar Knight is not sweet. I know, he's not, <laughs> but that is a very cute way to get a name. I think it's really funny that these super tough guys are still going by the names their mommies gave them when they yeah. were 18 months old. They're it's just, so cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty common, though. In the black community, like, everybody has a nickname. Yeah. Given to them by family. Awesome. And they're usually cute because it's like they pick them up when they're kids. Yeah. And then that's the name they always go by. Yeah, forever. Huh. Right. It's so common. Everybody has a nickname. Yeah. If my son ever makes it as a big rap star, his name's going to be Little Baby Chub Chub. <laughs> so I, I hope he doesn't. I'm going to check. Yeah, there's uh, that rap name already exists. Oh, I'm sorry. Shit. I know. Just Google that one. Arden could be good. Little R. He's gone platinum. Little R. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Her rap name. Yeah. Little R. Yeah. Um, when Snoop was very, very young, he was singing and playing piano at their Baptist church. So musically inclined from a very young age. In a wholesome fucking way, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Can't even with Gosh. this guy. Next thing you're going to tell me, he was like a model for Cheerios. <laughs> 
Gerber. Right. I was going to say that he did contribute to the family with like cute little jobs. He sold candy. He delivered newspapers. And he bagged groceries. And he gave all the money to his mom to help raise the family. Can we just stop? Isn't he the sweetest? He is. So sweet. He deserves it. He was a dedicated student. He was an enthusiastic churchgoer. Um, He was active in choir in high school. And he played football. Aw. Whoa, he's very tall and skinny for a football player. Yeah, isn't that funny? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, he started rapping in sixth grade. I don't know where he picked it up, but he was like really good at freestyle. Um, and he would just do it in the school hallways all the time. And he'd draw such a big crowd that like the principal would come running thinking it was like a big brawl. Oh. But it was just him, like everybody standing around uh-huh. listening to him rap. That's and it cool. gave him a lot of self-confidence. Mm. He could see that he had a real talent, you know, and it made him feel good about himself. He graduated from high school in 1989. He did get involved with the gangs. There, he's denied that at some point. Like he, yeah, naturally, like he, you do. He, you know, he, you don't, you don't go go on record. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But at some points, he had. I don't know. You grow up there and you hang out with people, right? And right. you associate. Like right. I, I don't know how you get out of that. Well, part of it too I think is he's like, rapped about like gang stuff too. He's like. Crips or Bloods or, you know. He's a Crip. He was a Rolling Twenties Crip. They're well, on the east yeah. side of okay. Long Beach. So. It's part of it, too. It's like like gangs that control blocks mm-hmm. in, neighbor, in certain neighborhoods. So it's like if you live in this certain block radius, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to associate with these the people that are in your neighborhood. And if you're going to associate with somebody outside of the blocks, then, like, you're going to have some problems where you live. So, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. Yeah. I mean, when you grew up around it, it's normal and, you know, not necessarily great, but it is what it is. You know, so he's, he's, he's getting by, you know, doing the thing. Um, His first arrest is for possession of crack cocaine in 1989. And for the next three years, he was frequently in and out of jail. How old was he then? So 1989, he was like 18? Yeah, 18 or... Yeah, he graduated in 89. So yeah, it was right after he graduated was his first arrest. He's had many, many arrests over the years, like even up through like 2012. (laughs) Um, Snoop Dogg's getting in trouble that late. Was it him and Martha Stewart? His 2012 arrest was in Norway. Oh. He brought a very tiny amount of marijuana. Like a pound or something like that? (laughs) It was under an ounce. It was well under an ounce. (laughs) Um, He probably didn't even realize. It was probably like in a pants pocket in his suitcase that he didn't even realize he had. And then... Roughly $30,000 in cash in his carry-on bag. Also not acceptable. <laughs> and he, yeah, he got to Norway and they were like, oh, you just, you can't do that. You can't just like, I, I don't know, I don't know why that rule exists. Something to do with money laundering, I oh, assume. Okay. But like, huh. you can't just carry like a briefcase full of cash around into <laughs> foreign countries. I mean, it, one, on one hand, it is a little fucking weird because that's a lot of money. It's new. But I was going to say, on the other hand, when you're like a multi, 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 multi millionaire mm-hmm. yeah. or possibly a billionaire, who knows with Snoop? I didn't look up his net worth. 30. $30,000 is probably like 30 bucks. Right. He only had like a third of an ounce of weed on him. He needed that money as soon as he landed. Right. To get more. I guess like, isn't weed legal in Norway? I thought it was legal in most of Europe. Maybe it's legal once you're there. Maybe it's not legal to bring it in. 
Well, look, it's not that big of a deal. Just good thing he wasn't in Russia. Right. right. Yes, I did have that thought. Jesus yeah. Christ. He should be more careful. I don't think he's ever I mean, been to Russia. A actually. Norwegian fucking jail? Come on now. Yeah. I'll go check into a Norwegian jail. <laughs> I'm sure it's like a vacation. Oh, man. There's some guy listening to us in Norway in prison who's he's like, really mad at you right now. <laughs> um, most of his arrests have been um, either like possession of weed or crack possession with intent to sell in his early days and then also a lot of firearm arrests mm. because he is a felon mm-hmm. from the earlier drug charges he's not allowed to have a gun mm-hmm. but he always does he right. always does i mean it's not fun. always i don't know yeah. but several times yeah <laughs> maybe just, after i mean if you're when- walking around 30 g's you know you're gonna need to be packing heat too Look, let's just talk about the fact that I don't agree with guns, but like maybe after he saw what happened to Tupac, he's like, I better carry a gun too. You never know when somebody's going to be out for you. Yeah. I mean, if you have a literal car and cash on you, like multiple cars. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to give Snoop Dogg a pass on guns because I like him and I don't like all the so called patriots. But I mean, no bad reviews of the American flag, whatever. Guns. But guns. I don't think it's a good idea to just carry around a gun. Yeah, or cash. <laughs> or drugs. You know, if you're in Norway. I don't think <sighs> we digress. I don't think you should carry this stuff around in the United States either. Okay. Um, he was arrested that one time for murder. And we'll get to that in a oh, minute. He oh, he was? We'll get to that in a minute. I didn't minute. know about oh, that. Oh, you didn't? No, I thought he was wholesome. Know. Oh, well, this will be fun then. Oh. Okay, well, you know what? We can all be multifaceted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's done a lot of changes for himself. There's a lot of gray area, and especially in Snoop's life, there's a lot of gray hmm. area. Well, it seems like he's come around to try to be a better person, though. Um, was the murder charge recent? No. Um, he was acquitted, and we're going to talk about it. Okay. He started a band, a group. If you're rappers, are you called a band, or are you called a group? You're called Think a group. group. All right. So they were called 213. Because that's the Long Beach area code. It was him and his two cousins, Nate Dog and Little Half Dead. <laughs> Wait, they got Nate Dog? Tins- <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. That his cousin is Nate Dog and yeah. he's Snoop Dog. Yeah. Why is that so yeah. funny to and me? And I think there's a few other dogs and they're like the dog pound. The dog pound. Yeah. 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 Oh my they were God. a whole thing for a while. This is so yeah. funny. And then also his friend Warren G. Do you guys remember Warren G? Or mm-hmm. is that before your time? Yeah, I remember Warren G. I, I remember yeah. him personally. We were um, friends. We went out to coffee once. <laughs> <laughs> Old friend. So this is the two one three group. Is these guys and they were um, they were like making their own tapes and probably mixtape. Se- yep, Hell probably yeah. selling them out of the trunk of the car. Somebody put one of those tapes into Dr. Dre's hands. Nice. Mm. And that is how Dr. Dre found. Man, Snoop Dr. Dog. Dre, he has fucking gotten so many people famous. He's really yeah, he's really something. So uh, we're gonna. Wait, Just, does he have a coffee? Because he needs an episode, I think. That'd be great. Should I not say what I was going to say about Dr. Dre no, go and ahead. save it just in case no, there's no. a coffee? This will be a preview for a future episode. Okay. Huh. <laughs> um, 1987 NWA. Um, they're like uh, the first really big West Coast. What does it stand for? Just I can't, you know I can't say just it. Kidding. Just kidding. Wait, okay. <laughs> N-word? Yes. Right? What's W? I don't know what with. it stands for. With attitude. attitude. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. How did I no, not know how that? How did you not know that? I don't know. You can say N word. You can say N word. As a white person, yes. Um, 
So the first NWA album was more like a compilation album. There were sure. like three NWA songs. And then each of these guys, there were like five guys in this group who were all really talented in their own, all went on to have solo careers. Um, so it was kind of a mix of like NWA songs and then solo songs. And this was like uh, Easy e was kind of the one who set the whole thing up and um, – then everyone ended up hating him because there were like disputes about contracts. Yeah, and money. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so um, Easy E founded NWA and co-founded Ruthless Records, who was making the NWA album. So okay, he just kind of had his hands everywhere. Right. Um, <clears throat> they so 1988 straight out of Compton was the first like official studio album. That was the one with Fuck the Police on it. So everybody that was got... NWA or that was... That was NWA, okay. yeah. Right, cool. And that got everybody all riled up, right? Right like, on. Um, yeah. yeah, people that was don't so like huge. Blue, blue line. Right. Blue crossed. lines matter. That was crossed. Um, the blue line was definitely, yeah. yeah. It went double platinum, so plenty of people liked it just fine. <laughs> right. Uh, Ice Cube left in 89 over royalty disputes. He wrote over half the lyrics on Straight Outta Compton and didn't get paid appropriately, apparently. So then there was like a big public feud. And then Dr. Dre left in 1991 and joined Death Row Records over a contract dispute with Eazy-E. So 1991, Death Row Records. The story I read, which I didn't write down, was that Dre got out of his contract with Easy E because Suge Knight showed up and killed him. <laughs> <laughs> um, that uh, is not the person that Suge Knight is currently in prison for murdering. <laughs> Easy E still alive. Easy E is still alive. <laughs> Luckily, that we know of. He might be Tupac. I heard Tupac is still alive. I'm not going to go into any of the conspiracy theories about Tupac and Biggie, but I did read some really good ones about Suge Knight. Like, apparently he had, like, police that he was paying off, and, like, maybe Suge Knight himself had Tupac killed so that he could kill Biggie because maybe Tupac was going to leave. I don't know. The whole thing is It's very – there's lots of – wacky theories about what might have happened i don't know who killed who every fucking just people are dying and killing each other and it's very futile very futile the rap game Mm. it's like there's turf and territory and boundaries and sometimes you get crossed lyrically gang of thrones i feel like if you just stay away from suge knight you're okay. I mean, just the name <laughs> makes me anxious. He's getting out of... I don't even want to talk about him. Like, I don't even want him coming to find me. I, he's getting out of prison in 10 years. Oh, man. And yeah. we are not going to say anything bad about him. Yeah, I heard, we don't want to be on a list anymore. I heard he's a perfectly fine person. He's a sugar huh. bear. He's a sugar bear. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Okay. And Snoop Dogg's wholesome. <laughs> As we established <laughs> right. I'm yeah. starting to feel like did did Snoop Dogg just have like the most major of um like PR? Like you know when like a PR person comes in and fucking turns it all around? Was this like the greatest PR turnaround of all time? I don't think he needs a PR yeah. person. I think he just comes out and says what's on his mind and people are like, All right, you're yeah, cool. Yeah, you're fucking yeah. cool. I mean like he was drawing crowds just you know in school but like how do you go from like a murder or whatever to like 
Martha Stewart's best friend. You know what I mean? Like that is some excellent money. I'm trying to tell you. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Money helps. Money helps Look, a lot. You collabs, know what? collabs help a lot. So I don't know, but he's like still like the king of like does not matter what he's done. He's still like just a cool, chill dude. Yeah, of course. You know. You know. Yeah. So how do we get there? Yeah. Steph? Okay. Let's go back to your story. 1991. Suge Knight kills Easy E. <laughs> Yeah. I did not say that. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Listen to how Death Row Records started, though. So it's basically just Suge Knight and Dre and this one other guy who's like a producer guy, and they need money. So they go to this guy named Michael Harrio Harris, the godfather. Oh. This guy was in prison for 33 years. He was in prison because he was like the guy bringing crack to L.A., mm. period. Wow. He was working with the Bloods and the Crips and a Colombian oh. cartel. So was mm. he buying it directly from the CIA? Is that how was- that works? <laughs> I cannot believe the CIA wasn't even mentioned oh, okay. when I read about mm. Hario. They're very good at yeah, they, their cover-ups. they can scrub the internet. They, <sighs> they're good. Um, they scrubbed Wikipedia super well. Yeah, um. they have somebody whose job it is to literally delete, <laughs> sit there all day deleting... All the requests to... You know what? The CIA is the internet. Yeah. If it gets on there, they have a code that immediately deletes it. Right. I was actually reading about the... In fact, um, this podcast episode just got deleted. Just stopped talking. It's no longer longer on the internet. The Um, CIA got us. When I was reading about the South Bronx burning in the 70s while hip-hop was being invented... There was like a reference to MK Ultra and like the congressional hearings for MK Ultra were going on at the time and I didn't even click on it, you guys. I <laughs> saved you an hour of editing, Marcus. Okay. A fucking hour. We'll talk about it later. Bonus That's fine. episode. Bonus episode on Oh My God on MK Ultra. That would Did be they amazing. make a copy? I don't know anything about MK Ultra actually. I will find a way to work a coffee into that okay. story. Stay tuned next. Awesome. How do I not know anything about it? Is this one of your um, your 1970s weather underground things? Um, it's right up in there. Okay. This is like a Black Panther thing. Oh, okay. This is a Black Panther thing. Mm. It was before my time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this guy, Harry O, is like making $2 million a day. He's got like a nation. A day? A day. He's got like oh, a crack. nationwide crack right. ring that he is solely in charge of. Wow. Nice. Solely. That's so a... he eventually gets busted. He's in prison. Somehow he keeps all his money. Yeah. All of it. Right. And he's like trying to make up for his bad deeds by just like pumping money into like small businesses in the community. Hmm. There's another like gray area dude, right? So Was he like a mobster? Like an Italian mobster? No, guy? he was like a black guy. He was like a he was the original gangster. He was a he's what huh. we call a plug in the industry. Mhm. Mm. Yeah. I don't know that term. Oh, he's a connector. Mm. He's the plug. He's the guy that you go to. Oh, I get it. Yeah. But he sounds like a next level. Yeah. He he's was the OG plug. Yeah, he he's was the guy. big. He was a big guy. <laughs> so, um they somehow Suge Knight like goes to prison and meets with him, and this guy ends up like. Wait, Suge Knight just goes to the visitors room. Yeah. Okay. On this particular occasion, yes. Suge Knight just goes to visit and um, talks to Harry O, and he's like, "Yes, I will totally bankroll this Death Row Records project." Hmm. Amazing. 
Um, there's one other way that they got some money for their project, which is maybe you've heard the story. Um, Vanilla Ice, the Ice Ice Baby song. Suge Knight managed a guy who supposedly wrote that song or helped write that song and didn't get any royalties. So this is the story about Suge Knight, like, showing up at Vanilla Ice's hotel room, pulling him out on the balcony, dangling him by his ankles, and getting him to agree to turn over the royalties from Ice Ice Baby so that they could start up Death Row Records wow. with the money. That's My cool. mouth is wide open. You have not heard that I have, story? I have not. No. Apparently, it's slightly exaggerated. Later, Vanilla Ice said, he didn't dangle me. He did threaten to throw me off the balcony. But the dangling over the balcony story was like a legend for like decades. And they did end up going to court over it or settling somehow eventually. But it was only after Suge Knight had like shown up several times and like threatened to kill Vanilla So it's like he, uh, Suge Knight doesn't shake people down. He shugs people down. <laughs> oh. He got shugged down. I think he's going to like that, actually. You should send that to him. You should yeah. send him a letter. He's going to listen. He's going to listen to this episode. He's going to really appreciate how nice we've been to him. Dear Mr. Knight. <laughs> <laughs> You've recently been featured on our podcast. <laughs> Um, before we move forward, I would like to tell you what happened eventually to Harry O, the fucking godfather with all the money in prison. Um, he's, he was, um, what's the word when a president is like... Pardoned. Pardoned. I had a fucking, I was almost called it, I almost by said Donald, it. Wait, 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 let me guess. Not Bill Cosby, the other one. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was Donald Trump's last hour. Really? In the presidency. Nice. Snoop Dogg. Oh, is this why Snoop Dogg went to, didn't he go visit? Contacted Donald Trump and said, will you please consider pardoning my very good friend, Harry O? I and recently learned did. that that process, uh, it was like it said on the internet. So allegedly, that <laughs> process was a two million dollar process. Mm. If you had two million dollars, you could Donald request Trump? a pardon. Donald Trump would give out a any pardon, pardon for two million. Yeah, no surprise there. That None. is petty change to Harry O and to Snoop. Allegedly, so that's yeah. great. Well, I, my understanding is if you were a celebrity, Donald Trump was like, hey. All right, cool. Yeah, because Kanye West and uh, and Kardashian got Kevin Gates pardoned too. I think. Mm. I think they got a woman pardoned too. Some woman who is like um, locked up. This was like a good one. Oh. Like some woman who is locked up for something bogus, like killing her attacker or something like that. Huh. Okay. Killing huh. her abuser. Look, Kardashian went ahead and managed a relationship with Donald See? Trump and got her pardoned. That Something should be Donald really nice. Trump's legacy right there. Yeah. Look, you know what? The guy wasn't all bad. <laughs> <laughs> he would take a bribe and do the right thing yeah. accidentally <laughs> right. for the right price. Yeah. You know what? That's fine, I guess. If uh, you can be bought into doing the right thing sometimes, I and guess. And that is really like... American policy right there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, is he really doing anything that's un-American here? I guess not. Um, I said I wasn't going to tell any Suge Knight stories, but you just reminded me of a good one. Um, Later on, when 
uh, things are kind of falling apart at death row. I'm going outside my timeline now. Um, the And Michael Harris, Harry O, was still in prison. His wife was actually, like, handling a lot of things. He was making a lot of decisions for death row from prison. And by the way, currently death row records is owned by Snoop Dogg. Oh. And the chief operations officer is Harry O. Huh. Amazing. Wow. Cool. So they're still super tight. Wait, if he got locked up, what? Would that have been the 90s? Wasn't he about to get out anyways? What, what was Donald Trump pardoning? Because didn't you say Harry O got locked he up He had like another years? eight years or something oh, to go. okay. Yeah. He served quite a few years. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, so his wife, Suge Knight, was not paying, was not um, giving his wife the money that he... Not Suge's wife, Harry O's wife, hmm. um, was supposed to be collecting money from Suge, and Suge was not paying her. Hmm. And that ended up being like a, a lawsuit. And it was like a situation where like um, Suge's like house got raided, and they like looked at all of his accounts, and they oh. were going to like take his money because this was like a legit business deal on paper. And um, I feel like you do, if you. I feel like it's extremely irresponsible to try to fucking cheat this Hario guy. Yeah, that's a bad idea. I feel it's a like bad idea. this guy is like top level. I mean, I know Suge Knight is like super badass and everything, but like you still got to kind of know your place. Right? I know, exactly. I um, feel like this was not a good idea. It was a bad idea. But they like investigate Suge Knight and he literally has like $11 in his bank account, supposedly. Mm. <laughs> so mm. like, I don't think he was actually bankrupt. I think he just had it like hidden other places. Oh, had I mean, already moved it. Yeah. yeah, but damn, that was funny. He had like... $25,000 in jewelry, $2,000 in clothing, and $11 in his bank account was, like, all of his assets. Like, that's just what's on him. Right. That's, like... Yeah. You know what? That's a... You know, I think that the guy from our last episode would tell him he's a very smart businessman. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> or two episodes ago, I should say. Yeah. Um, it was in Puerto Rico. That's where all the money was. Shout out. To whoever made me this gin and juice. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I felt like it was um, episode appropriate to sip on some gin and juice. And CBD you know? juice. Yeah. CBD and CBD juice. infused elderberry and passion fruit juice. Mm, high you know, class. I feel it healing me. Is your mind on your money or is your money on your mind? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, got, I got both. I feel like that's not, I, I feel like when Snoop says it, it's a good thing. But when I say my money is on my mind, it's like a negative. It's like, like you're, you can't stop thinking about being broke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. That's like the inverse, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let me see if I can get this timeline right. Um, so 1992, 1991, death row records. Boom. 1992, Dre releases The Chronic. And Snoop is, like, the special guest star on 10 out of the 15 tracks. But bam And, like, steals the show. Nice. Like, nobody raps like this guy. His voice, like, rap up to this point, there was, like, a lot of angry yelling, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, all of a sudden Snoop comes in with this, like, somebody called him a molasses drawl. Mm. Just, like, soft and slow, but fast at the same time? Mm -hmm. How does he do that? Yeah. I don't know. Amazing. Um, So... That comes out. <sighs> I didn't write down the month, but it's 1992. August of 1993 is the shooting incident that Snoop is involved in. So he's already 
sort of famous for being on the chronic all over the place. And um, three months after the shooting, he's going to release Doggy Style and it is going to be amazing. So he's like right on the cusp of fame. He has, um, with money from the chronic, he has purchased a new car and he's moved to a nicer apartment. But like that his life is the same. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like sure. he's living the same life. So he has a run-in at some point with this guy named Philip Woldemarium, and Philip pulls a gun on Snoop. And it's some kind of like, you just moved to this neighborhood, this is my neighborhood, you need to know your place, you think you're hot shit, you're not. It's mm. like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing comes of it, you know? Snoop is just like, all right, you know, and like walks away from it. So sometime weeks later, and this is... Um, August of 93, Snoop is in his apartment with his bodyguard, and he hears something, an altercation outside. So he looks out the window, and he sees his friend, Sean Abrams, outside, and there's, like, this car full of gangbangers from the neighborhood, and one of them is this filled-up Waldemarium guy. I just want to put out a, like, note, too, just to, like, paint a picture of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the 90s everywhere, like, high gang activity, mm-hmm. high lawlessness, like, drug dealing, crime, everything I feel like was wild in the 90s. So, like, even though Snoop Dogg's getting some fame, mm-hmm. moving up into a, maybe a nicer apartment or whatever... I feel like this is why there's still, like, drama. There's so much drama in the LBC. And, like, just <laughs> everywhere, though. <laughs> New York, Chicago, everywhere. Yeah. So much Aurora, Illinois. <laughs> That's true. Aurora was a mess back then. Yeah. So everything was a mess in the 90s. Yeah. Um, I think those are the top four messes. Like you The just 90s? Said. Yeah. You said New York, <laughs> L.A., Chicago, and Aurora. Aurora. Top four. Top four. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so Snoop is in his apartment with his bodyguard, Malik, and he sends, is that his name? Malik. Yeah. He sends Malik down to the car and whatever Malik says or does or shows them, they drive away and everything's fine. Cool. So later that same night, Snoop and Malik and this, um, Sean Abrams guy are driving around in Snoop's new Jeep and Snoop is driving and Malik is in the passenger seat and they pull up to this park and this guy, Philip Waldemarium. Why is he driving at night going to a park? Because they're driving around. You know, it's the 90s. What do you do? I mean, that's true. Well, oh, it's the 90s. Allegedly, he was going to the recording studio. Okay. Mm. Okay. Um. So they... I just got to, I want to be fair here and right. give this like a unbiased Yeah. Back when gas was like under a fucking dollar, you just, you just drove drive. around. I mean, that's true. <laughs> it's like 95 cents a gallon. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true. You just fucking drive around. Do nothing. Fucking waste gas. Uh, the prosecutor did suggest that they were hunting these guys. Oh. That mm-hmm. was suggested that they were out looking for them. Um, so they pull up to this park, and Philip and a couple of his buddies are sitting at a picnic table eating Mexican food, as one does late at night in L.A. Ugh, Just having a picnic. So a late Sounds night great. picnic. Yeah. Um, there's some sort of confrontation. Malik never gets out of the car. Nobody gets out of the car. Um, Can I just say that Philip 
Wozniak or whatever his last name is, well, like the Miriam. least gangster name, like ever. <laughs> That's all. That's all. I just want to say he's uh, twenty years old and he's an Ethiopian immigrant. Okay, mm. Philip. It is a strange name. Yep. Yeah. Well, it could be yeah, yeah. from colonial days. It's oh, like, it sounds like a colonial yeah era name. Yeah. Don't fuck with Philip. Woldemiriam. Woldemiriam. Yeah. That guy's a hard ass. I wonder what his mom called him when he was a baby. Aw. Philip Woldemiriam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it's a tapless Jeep that they're driving in and Malik stands up in the Jeep and is like yelling at these guys and Philip gets up from the table and starts walking towards the Jeep and you know here's where things are a little iffy like allegedly Philip is drawing his gun before Mm. Malik shoots self-defense yes um the prosecutor tries to say that uh, Philip was shot in the back, but the um, the exit wound, uh, the gun evidence or the whatever guy, yeah, whoever the uh, coroner, coroner or whatever, he says it went through his side. Oh, so it went like directly through from one side of him to the other mm. side. Um, his two friends that were with him, Jason London and Sean Joseph, both said both hid the gun. They took the gun. They hid the gun said there was no gun. He was mm. never armed. Mm. Um, That's a little sus. A little yeah. sus. Jason London ends up admitting on the stand that they did hide the gun. And um, he also says on the stand that Philip had a reputation for irrational behavior mm. and that he was drawing on, yeah. on the car and uh. that it was like legit self-defense. Hmm. Um, his testimony really saved... Snoop's ass. And also what didn't hurt was the prosecutor in his opening statements admitting that the LAPD had fucked up majorly and there was a ton of missing evidence, including the clothing Philip was wearing, shell casings from the scene. That all would have been helpful. Everything just fucking disappeared. And the there were several jurors who could like visibly rolled their eyes when the prosecutor says this because this is like immediately following the oj simpson trial Mm. there's so much like bullshit going on with lapd at this point i meant to look up when like when is this in connection with like rodney king and all that like this is post all like people hate the lapd everybody hates i feel like the ladp lapd is problematic and has always been problematic i don't know how they are today but i imagine there's probably still problematic problematic. yeah this was kind of the height of their bad reputation i feel like like there was just that fucking city council like controversy you know the racism at the city Mm. the very tippy top of the the, the city council and they're all in bed together so I'm sorry, but uh, that's how it works in local government. I do, like, but did they lose that stuff on purpose to help Snoop Dogg? I don't think so. I think they're just fucking morons. Yeah, they just fucking show up and they're like, eh, you know, do the bare minimum. Um, Black on black crime, they don't give a fuck, man. Yeah, Yeah. they're probably just like up some fucking gangster kids shooting at each other again. Yep. Uh, But, I mean... I don't see why Snoop Dogg needed to be at that park to begin with. You know what I mean? Unless they just went there to talk trash or they were driving by the park and they happened to see him there and were like, let's talk trash. I mean, that's what they say is that they just happened to spot him. But they could have just kept driving. They didn't need to stop and talk trash. And that was Snoop driving and that's why Snoop was in so much trouble Mm -hmm. too. 
Um, but then on the other hand, they're just young punks at that right, age. Right. You know what I mean? And, and kids it's in the neighborhood, you know. Kids late teens, yeah. early twenties mm-hmm. are fucking dumbasses. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't care where you live, you're a dumbass. Don't yeah. forget how young they were. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um But that still sucks that yeah. that kid had to die. Yeah, it does. Yeah, death I don't like age. that. I do believe there Always was lost. some sort of civil suit eventually and Snoop ended up paying their family some money and he he has said that he stopped talking about murder and death in his lyrics after that incident. Mm. I mean, yeah, I would hope that it would be somewhat Probably traumatic. S- smart too. I mean, you know, in case shit happens they're like <laughs> They're like, Snoop's always rapping about killing people. Well, I guess you that's true, You know, they use too. that against you, right? Yeah. He's a murderer. You would hope that it was like witnessing the deaths of death of somebody, though, that kind of fucks with somebody, maybe. Maybe. It could also just you be hope? like protection. You know. It could be that, too. Anyways. Probably. His, his, like, his, I'll bet you his, like, attorney was like, number one advice, stop fucking rapping about killing people, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the shooting itself happens August 25th, 1993. Um, November of 93, Doggy Style comes out. This is the first and only album in the history of music ever to debut as a first album at number one. Wow. It debuted at number one on the regular Billboard charts. Number one in rap and R&B also, but number one on the Billboard charts. Well, they say no press is bad press. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's actually not that funny. I do kind of wonder if the trajectory would have been any different if this hadn't happened because there was so much Mm -hmm. press around it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a fucking household name at that point, I'm sure. Right. And the chronic. And everybody knew he was good. They liked his voice. They wanted more of it. Well, it's like like, he was already like. You know how the fucking tabloids are, though. You have one person who like just had a bunch of hits. Then is now on trial for murder, and right. then their album comes out. Right. Like, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. Right. I would probably just go murder someone on purpose <laughs> just to get that kind of, get that kind of, no, I'm just kidding. I would never murder anybody. You know what? Maybe Marcus, cut that. Maybe people would listen to this fucking podcast a little more, Jenny, if you would just take one for the team. <laughs> and go murder someone. <laughs> and go murder someone. Who should I murder? Who deserves it? Let's talk about that after the podcast, because I've got some ideas. <laughs> huh. I don't want to murder anyone. All right. How about this? I'll You're go... not going to get famous without rapping about I'm, I would murdering. rather have a, like a sex tape go viral. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll do that. I would rather have that Who are you going to make a sex tape with? I could be convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I need someone more famous than you. <laughs> no offense. Shug Knight. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I'm going to move along. I'm just going to move along. That's I think I'm not going to get cut out. <laughs> I think, yeah, you should definitely move on. Shall okay. I brew some coffee? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The shooting happens in August of 93. Um,. The album comes out November of 93. A year later, September of 94, the MTV Music Awards. I don't know if you guys remember this. I watched a clip and I was like, holy shit, I remember this. Wasn't there shooting at the MTV Music Awards? Not this one. Okay. Not this one. Not 1994. Um, This is the one where um, Michael Jackson and Elvis's daughter, Lisa Marie Presley, Mm -hmm. 
come out and they're like allegedly dating and they like make out on stage but it's super weird and Roseanne Barr was hosting and the lineup of performers is crazy there's just like I mean this was like also kind of the height of MTV right it's just like a really big deal so Snoop Dogg comes out and performs Murder Was the Case you remember that song? I do remember that song and it's like there's a whole gospel choir on stage. There's a coffin on stage. Snoop gets like rolled out in a wheelchair and then like miraculously stands up and starts walking. And is he acquitted of murder at this point? No. Okay. He is about to face trial. Oh, so he's not. Okay. He performs the song. At the end of the song, he repeats several times I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. He leaves the awards show and turns himself in. Like, that is it. He like has to, he like makes this arrangement between the DA and his lawyer that he can show up for the MTV awards before he has to go to jail. And Wait, what's trial. he going to jail for? He has to go he's to going, for the murder? He, yes. He doesn't get to be out, on, but he's already out on bail. He was out with like an ankle monitor or mm. he was in hiding and then went and got the ankle monitor after the MTV awards. I'm a little confused by the timeline. That's, Oh, were they like building a case against him for like a year? Yes, it and took they like finally two decided... years before he finally went to okay. trial. I see. So they waited to indict him for like a year, mm-hmm. and then yes, they, yes, and then right after that, they're like, "Hey, it was like right before the MTV Awards." They were like, "We're arresting you. You have to come in." And his lawyer was like, "Oh, can you just do this award show real quick?" So it was like literally the same night. Can he you went just from rap one to about the other. murder really quick? <laughs> <laughs> Totally, totally unrelated, guys. Um, but you know, he's just got this little thing. Oh my god! Prior to the getting arrested, like when you're rich and famous, they let you do it. I guess they, they let care. you. Yeah, they, they don't... you can get you get all sorts of special. Yeah, treatment. they're like, will he sign some autographs when he's uh, arrested? Because we can make that happen. He and Malik, the bodyguard, and the other guy in the car are all charged. The other guy ends up, all the charges are dropped against the other guy. Snoop and Malik go to trial. They're both on trial for murder, voluntary manslaughter, conspiracy to commit assault, because they intentionally went there, allegedly, according to the prosecutor. And Snoop is accused of accessory after the fact because of being the one to drive the car. Right. Um, so did they just drive away? It was like a yes. hit and run, basically? Yes. They drove away, and his friends, like, pulled the body away and, like, dumped it in, like, a park- covered parking so that it wasn't right on the street and hid the gun. Oh, Jesus. This whole thing is a mess. It was really bad. So the jury finds them not guilty on all charges except the voluntary manslaughter charge. They were, uh, it was a mistrial. It was like. Um, like they couldn't agree. Yeah, it was like nine to three or something mm. in favor of acquittal. Hmm. And they decided not to retry them on those charges. Mm. If they were in Florida, they wouldn't have even brought those charges. Stand your ground. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, but they were out in, I thought stand your, oh, it is like on the street too. I was thinking I that think was you, just in your yard. or. Whatever, I think you can just murder anywhere. anybody anywhere in Florida. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> if you're that's boss. where you should go if you want to make our podcast. Oh yeah, popular. yeah, yeah. When I need to murder somebody, mm-hmm. I'll go to Florida to do it. It's awesome. okay. You can kill anybody in Florida. You can kill children. 
You can oh kill my God, that's teenagers. So awful. You can kill anyone. It's fine. Ron DeSantis <sighs> says it's okay. No. <laughs> that's why he's going to be president. He says it's, it's okay to kill them, but it's not okay to talk about them getting killed. Yeah. Oh. You can't talk about them if they were black and you killed them. Or gay. trans? You no. can't talk about them if they're trans. Okay. You but can you only can kill, kill them. them. Okay. But you can't talk about it. You. Can no, you, you write can, a rap song about it? You can brag about it. No. Okay. But you I'm, can't talk about how their life had meaning. Oh, gotcha. You can talk about how you felt threatened by their transness. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're laughing because it's so ludicrous, not because it's funny. Yes. Um. All right, we're going to skip ahead in the timeline because, I mean, you know, whatever. He releases some albums. He's very successful. Everything's he released going another great, album that blah, was blah, successful. Blah. He released, like, every album ever was successful <laughs> for, like, 20 years. He's just been a smashing success. Smashing right. success. There was a fallout with Suge Knight, and he's talked some shit about Suge Knight, which I'm like, oh, uh, I don't, don't care how famous you are. You probably still shouldn't Snoop Lion, then he turned and evolved. Right? Oh, yeah, that was right. so weird. He's been, yep. like, a Rastafarian. He's been, he was with uh, Nation of Islam for, like, a minute. Okay. I think maybe there's just too many rules there. Yeah. Um, I think he's trying to find himself. He's, he's ba- got all this in his life, but does he have meaning? He's back with Jesus now. He's I back think in he the found, J camp? Yeah, back in... <laughs> okay. <laughs> the only um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about for a minute, um, in 2003, he did a tour. By the way, we talked about his wife briefly. He has been married this whole time. He has three kids. He has four kids because in between two of his kids, he had another kid with another woman. Oh. Who, by the way was also a previous high school girlfriend. He's like only into girls he was into in high school. (laughs) That's cool. Same. Same. (laughs) Did you know did you know Marcus and I met long after he got out of high school? Did you he's got some is there something you're trying to tell me? Just kidding. You got some high school girls on the side? No. Yeah. That I don't like the way that sounded. They're not high school girls. They're girls he went to high school with. There's a huge difference. Huge difference. <laughs> okay, you're right. Several you're right. decades. That does sound very gross. Okay. Um, so his wife is obviously like a very, I don't know if they have like an arrangement or if she's just extremely forgiving or what the deal is there. But Money. Again, um, I think I said it earlier in the episode, but I think money helps. Of a lot of things. I mean, you can get divorced and still have money. She could still have plenty yeah, of money. Yeah, but I'm saying like, but it, 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 you know, you have to do the math, and it's like, do we get separated? Then I get this. And it's like she him. loves him. You know, I think right? She loves exactly. Him. So at the end of the day, so you're like, ah, we'll just stay together. Hey, yeah. Hannah, I want to hear about their relationship. Yeah. Well, this is actually about like something. So, so he cheated on his wife. Far at some point. outside their relationship, that it's yeah. like unbelievable that he got away with this. So when he was a little boy. He always dreamed of being a pimp. Oh. But because he, like, saw a movie or something. Right. So in 2003, he goes on a tour and decides, this is my big chance. I'm going to be a pimp finally. So he gets, like, a bunch of prostitutes and gets them a separate bus. Wait, in 2003. So this is, like... Ten well years after, after he's been famous. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. This is just but like... guys, I'd like you to remind you his lesson learned. Pimping ain't easy. <laughs> no, he loved it actually. <laughs> oh, okay. He was a natural, he says. Oh. 
Mm. Okay, let's put this in a business perspective. <laughs> like, let's take Las Vegas, for example. They have, like, places. No, actually, it is completely illegal in Las Vegas. It's legal in Nevada. Okay, Nevada. Nevada. So, like, the state of Nevada, that's what I meant to say. Um, you know, like, you may be a person who says, I would like to be a middleman for sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there are women who want to make money. Mm-hmm. hmm And there are m- men who want to pay them. Mm-hmm. And Basically maybe like, like well, let's talk about too. Like, I think pimps get a bad rap because <laughs> yeah. so many of them are about the control uh-huh. and abuse That's of right. women. Yes. Now, if somebody comes in and is like, I would like to be an ethical middle person of sexual transactions mm-hmm. right, between so would, two consenting adults and you're just looking you're for just a demographic. You're just a facilitator. Right. That's right. Exactly. That's right. You're, right. It's like a business decision. It's it still not, fucking weird. It's not on me on what people want to post on my website is just <laughs> I'm, I'm facilitating the transaction, but I don't care what they're saying to each other. Well, I mean, it does. It's like, I think one of the jobs of a pimp is to protect Right. Like the women, yes, from being like from men, from <laughs> listen, stop, from predatory yes. men and predatory clients. Mm-hmm. So if somebody can be an ethical protector of women mm-hmm. who would like to make money mm-hmm. in this fashion, mm-hmm. then I think there is a place where this is okay. Okay, I so think that pro the, pimp. No, I'm. I am. What I'm pro. Put that on a T-shirt. I would say what I am is pro women making money in a way that they feel comfortable making money, and I am pro women doing it in a way that is safe and that they are protected. It's like a manager. I am not. not I am not pro women being taken advantage of or abused or harmed, which tends to happen a lot in a pimp sex worker situation. Right. Okay. So. So that Snoop Dogg said, offered 401k or benefits? If or? he's offering a 401k or benefits, I am, I'm about it. I mean, with 20, with 20 workers, you could get a good group plan, I know. <laughs> I think Are they, they had up to 10 at one time. Okay. They had their own tour bus, and they had their own hotel rooms next to his suite. And this was not like a street prostitute type situation this was like a high-end type situation oh wait can i say one thing i do believe that the pc term is sex worker these days not prostitute oh i got in trouble for this on another episode you're right we are all (laughs) pro sex worker on this podcast right Uh like i'm actually yeah i am pro sex worker (laughs) high four or did you just high four me high four you Anyways. It's a high 4.5. So Snoop-a-loop, Snoop-a-loop, you know. No, Snoop Lion. Snoop Lions. Snoop Lions. Snoop uh, D-O-double-G. You know. Okay, I want to hear about him mystery being. Mystery agent service. I would like to hear about him being a, a facilitator of sexual goods. So what would happen is like people, like famous, like athletes, yeah. professional athletes and celebrities would like come to his shows and they'd come backstage and he'd be like hey why don't you come back to the hotel i've got a girl for you and he said that he was bringing in more money through these women than he was through the concerts that he was being paid to do but 
He didn't take any money from the women at all. He was just doing it for fun, huh. and he let them keep all the money. Wow. That's what did I pimp. just say? Let's get pimp. That's what he told Rolling Stone magazine. If I was going to be a sex worker... I'd work for Snoop. I mean, honestly. I mean, okay. I mean, if I'm his wife, and he's like, hey, look, I got these guys. I know they want to pay money, and I know there's these women that I could hook them up. Are you cool with me doing this? If Marcus came to me and said that, I'd probably be like, uh, I don't, I don't really feel comfortable with this. But oh, if I was bummer. cool, because I like thought his Jenny wife. was about to be like, yeah, totally, and <laughs> I'm like, okay, I think I just have been given freedom to do a <laughs> there new goes business my venture. Break room at the warehouse. So much for that. Couch. Actually, yeah. Steph, we've got something to ask you. Some... We're adding a new role. <laughs> be like a car would wash. Would you like? Play a ten-minute turn. Would you like to? Would you like to? We're gonna offer it to our current employee first. Wait. So I'm head of HR and I'm a sex worker in the break room. Is that what's happening now? <laughs> yes. Well, shall we brew some coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am so not even close to the end of this episode. Sorry, Marcus. Before we started recording, Marcus okay. was like, maybe you could do less research in the future. <laughs> and I'm starting to understand why he feels maybe that way. <laughs> and I said I would try to stop talking. Yeah. What's our time? Are we at We're three at, hours yet? Uh, we are one hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's it? Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Plenty that's of time. <laughs> yep. That's not bad. So we got 20 minutes to do the tasting. I'm just about done with Snoop Dogg. So in addition to being a rapper and a pimp... Here are some of his other business ventures, in addition to the coffee company also. Um, Acting. Natch. Lots of TVs, lots of movies, his reality show with his family, plus Martha Stewart potluck dinner party. He's done cameos everywhere. Every Everybody's had a Snoop Dogg cameo. Every Why hasn't he been here? I mean, we've got an empty chair for him. Snoop, um, come on for a follow-up. He wrote a cookbook. He produced a porn film. I own the cookbook. You do? I do. I bought he does. it. Or you got I it got for it from me. Marcus yeah. for a gift. Oh my God. We should cook a recipe for a love it or leave Ooh, it. That's sure. a great idea. I'm really sad that I forgot. I, re- I thought of it two weeks ago and then completely forgot to pick up a bottle of his wine oh. for a love it or leave it episode. Wow, shit. He's always been a fan of. Uh, professional wrestling. He's now heavily involved with the WWE WrestleMania. Okay. He was like a. Uh, what do you call it? Announcer. Announcer. Yep. Yep. And then one time he was announcing and like something went wrong and he had to just like jump right into the ring and beat a guy up. And he did. That's so cool. Isn't he amazing? (laughs) Um, we talked before the episode about how he narrated some planet earth episodes, Planet earth on the Jimmy Kimmel show. (laughs) And there was a change.org petition to get him to narrate all of the planet earths from now on because he's so awesome. Um, he's super into NFTs. Oh, okay. Super into NFTs. It's like and, crypto. It's like a visual um, crypto. Yeah. Um, like where you would like sell art online and it was supposedly worth something. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense um, to me. I know what it is, but it makes no sense to me. He's got some kind of Call of Duty game appearance. I don't know anything about that. Huh. He's got an app. He's invested in Reddit. He's got a weed delivery startup. He's got a digital media business, a brand of cannabis products, an esports league, and he's part owner of the Ottawa Senators hockey team. Mm. That's super fucking random. Uh, that can uh, Canadian. He also owns Death Row Records. Like owns it outright. You know what? This wow. is 
We have had a lot of people on this, this podcast that are like the type of guy who's like, I want it, and he goes out and gets it. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, La Cologne guy. Mm-hmm. I think Snoop Dogg fucking like takes it. Takes like number one spot for like dude who wants it and does it. And he does it in such like a laid back, mellow way. Yeah. But he's he fucking goes, you know? I mean, you got to think. His day, just checking up on all of those businesses and keeping track and getting reports and shit, he's got to spend at least 12 hours a day just being a businessman. He probably works like crazy. You would think he has a laid back lifestyle, but like he's probably constantly. He probably doesn't even work, man. He probably just gets the checks at the end. Well, I think he's probably definitely an investor, but I think like there's going to be reports that you have to go over and you have to be checking the companies. I know. He's just getting the checks and the reports. You guys, he smokes 80 blunts a day. Right. (laughs) How much work can he possibly (laughs) do? That's what I'm saying. He just shows up. 80. I heard that Snoop Dogg has a professional. On staff, blunt roller. Yes, he does. Yeah. He's going to get lung cancer. He's going to slow down on oh, that. Oh, maybe he'll try some edibles, mix things up. He really needs to think about his lung health. A professional, on staff, roller of blunts. <laughs> well, oh if God. I were Snoop Dogg and I smoked as much weed as he did, I would have a professional rolling for yeah, me, too. Yeah, of course. But I I've mean, got a of lot course. of. I, look, he doesn't have a lot of time. There's only 24 hours in the day. I promise you, he might be an investor in all of these things, but if he's not a dumbass. So I'm pretty sure that he's definitely somehow invested and definitely takes this shit seriously despite his public persona. Because mm. you don't get involved in this many businesses and you don't get involved in this much shit by just being a slacker. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think, yeah, you don't do all this. Yeah. The last thing I have to say about him is just about his charitable works, um, which he doesn't talk about. He doesn't, oh, like, he's super I thought quiet about it. you set me up. I thought you were going to be like, his charitable works, which he doesn't do. He doesn't do that. No. He yeah. doesn't believe in charity. End Pull yourself episode. up by your bootstraps. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he, just like all those other guys that we've had stand. on these podcasts. <laughs> Fuck the charity. The guys who do it all. Um, he feels like if he talks about his uh, charitable donations, then he's like looking for attention. So he doesn't like to talk about it. He gives a bunch of money to children's hospitals. That's like the number one thing. Well, that's the number two thing. The number one thing is his youth football league. He decided in 2005, as soon as he was done pimping, he was like, I should do something for the kids now. <laughs> um, so he started a youth football league for like underprivileged youth in LA. And at first he just wanted to like give money to it and not participate because he didn't want to, he feels like he's looking, you know, he doesn't want people to think he's looking for attention. But when he showed up to like the games and the practices and the kids were like so excited to meet him and wanted photos with him and everything. And he realized there was actually like a benefit to putting his face with this club. This is so, so adorable. This is now the largest youth football league in California. Huh. Mm-hmm. And there's also a special needs division for for kids with like physical, mental, and developmental disabilities. 50 teams, 1,500 players. It's like enormous. That's it's crazy. Like he's had something like 20 or 30 kids go on to like uh, professional wow. football players. Yeah. He also... <laughs> He also gives away 3,000 turkeys every Thanksgiving. Aww. <laughs> I don't know. That's I just fucking awesome. That That's yeah. so cute. Through um, another charity uh, than he is? Or? I don't, or he just like out of the trunk of his car. Huh. I'm not sure. 
crazy. Do you did you enjoy getting a turkey from Modest Coffee or was that weird? Marcus and I wanted to bring back the holiday turkey <laughs> from the, like the fifties. But you didn't actually buy a turkey. I gave her a turkey one year, and, oh. and, and Teresa, they both got turkeys. And me and Teresa oh. both got turkeys, and me and <laughs> Teresa both texted each other, and we're like, what the fuck are we going to do with this turkey? <laughs> but we both cooked turkeys, and they were delicious. Do you, would you like a turkey again? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the year we were like, let's get everyone a turkey. I love it in theory. <laughs> I, I know it's a great theory. idea, but then yeah. I was like, "What do you do with the turkey?" I was, I, mean, I was like, in fairness, I was like, "Whatever we spent, and we should, I should just do that as a gift card." Yeah, I feel like that's way more like useful. Just give me $30. yeah, but there's something really fun about driving <laughs> out to the turkey farm and buying a turkey no, and I then get giving it, it away. So who is this for? Is it for the person yeah. giving, or right. is it for the person? It's definitely for the person me. giving. <laughs> it's for me, so I not can drive you. to the turkey farm. This is not for you, Steph. <laughs> Enjoy my turkey. <laughs> You could just go buy yourself a turkey. I think we did right. buy ourselves a turkey <laughs> too. Right. But like, like that box, weird. it's so vintage. It felt so 50s. You got a hoka. Everything about it was 1950s. A hoka fucking real turkey, man. I feel like we might still have that box in our basement somewhere holding some important paper. Can I tell you, my mom? My mom said my grandma worked at a bank and they gave out hoka turkeys back when my grandma worked there. Yeah. Aww. So this sweet? tradition, it started and it's not stopping. <laughs> I've only done it once. Yeah. Last it's, year, right? No, this was like two years ago. We didn't oh. do it last what year. What about a honey-baked ham that I just have to like heat up for 15 minutes and don't actually have to cook for four hours? You know, what I'll about push that? for a gift card. I think I'll push for a gift card this year. What about a just a bottle of whiskey? Ham. bottle of whiskey. A bottle. <laughs> no, it has to be fucking wholesome. What I'm if sorry. you put a bottle of whiskey inside a Hoka turkey box? <laughs> I thought you were going to say inside a Hoka turkey. <laughs> I'll put it inside a turkey. Cherwiskin. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Marcus, I don't know what our time is, but I only want to talk about the actual Uh, coffee company for five minutes because Snoop is obviously not roasting fucking coffee. I'd like to see him try. So tell me about this coffee company. So when you look at the website for this Indo coffee, it looks very like um, sexy lifestyle brand. Sure. Um, there's lots of girls in bikinis with the Indo written across their chest and stuff like oh, that. cool. Fuel the dream is the tagline for Indo mm-hmm. coffee. I expected more from you, Snoop Dogg. <clears throat> um, but they do mention that the roaster is a guy named Michael Riatti, who's an Indonesian coffee entrepreneur. So um, I looked up his deal thinking like maybe i'd find like a really legit coffee God roaster damn, guys, they're on a yacht i'm on his website right now yeah they're on of course they're on yachts. yeah with a dj uh, lots of bikinis and dancing <laughs> mostly women i didn't know women were with this into the coffee actually all women on this boat so they know the power of ownership according to the website all right, so I look up this this Michael Riatti guy. Um, he has another coffee company that's called Tentera Coffee. This is a surf and coffee roasting company because apparently Michael Riatti is super into surfing. 1% of the proceeds from this company go to buy surfboards for underprivileged kids. Oh, okay. Which is like ni- nice, I guess. Yeah. I'm sure, like, they still haven't, like, made enough money For, to like, one give surfboard. one surfboard away. Right. <laughs> who is the underprivileged kid who's like, I don't care about having food or shoes if right. only I had a surfboard? Only. I mean, maybe. It's you LA. Know, I don't know. It's LA. It's you know what? We're, LA. We do not live in California. 
Thank God Michael Riotti is there for those kids. Maybe he was a poor kid who wanted to surfboard. <gasps> yeah. Yep. Maybe he was a poor kid. There it is. Stick with me. So he talks about, like, he was born in Jakarta. He spends his time between L.A. and uh, Bali, Indonesia. His family, he comes from a family of entrepreneurs. And they have worked so hard for what they have. And his family constantly talks about business, apparently. When he was a little kid at the dinner table, they were just constantly talking about business. He learned everything from his family, his grandpa especially. He was 22 years old, started up a little bike shop. That's how uh, Michael Riotti learned about business. He went to college. He was in real estate for 13 years. And then in 2017, he got into the coffee business. Sure. He he believes in starting small and thinking big. And uh, all of his coffee is direct trade. He himself handpicks each coffee that he sells on the um, Tentera website. Cool. And he's just getting it all from Indonesia. And he's getting it all from Indonesia. He's Indonesian. He's getting it from Indonesia. This is his, like, uh, you know, someday when we run out of coffees, we got to go back and try one of these coffees from his Mm -hmm. website, I feel like. But, um, you know, he works hard. He works 18 hours a day. He's just, like, really a dedicated person. So um, his grandpa's name is Mokhtar. Riyadi. He started with a bike shop, and then he went into banking, and then he opened the Lippo Group. Damn. They do property management and development. They're the largest real estate developer in Indonesia. Wow. Um, their investments include retail, media, real estate, banking, natural resources, hospitality, and healthcare. His personal net worth is $1.5 billion. I would have to guess, if I had to guess, that his grandpa maybe helped him get his coffee business started. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a. I don't think he was poor with surfboards either. <laughs> <laughs> That's what pissed me off. Then, yeah. So then I was like one percent for right. surfboards, fifteen cents for every bag of coffee. Yeah. Okay, goes towards. Goes towards surfboards. Surfboards. Cool. Shall we cool. smoke a blunt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's do this. Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality, single-origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! And we're back. Brewing some Indo coffee. Brewing and it smells pretty good. I mean, it it is a dark roast and it does smell roasty. Yeah. But it smells good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had a feeling this might be up your alley. Right. I did. Uh, Hmm. The beans smell pretty good in the bag. It's got a good dark, dark roast on them. Yeah, they're not like black. Right? They're not like, they're like a, they're a very dark brown and they're a little oily, but they're not like black and super oily. Yeah. I think it smells good. Nice. I'm optimistic. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm the other end of the spectrum. Right. You know, I'm like, I lighter, I generally like the lighter roast and this, um, smells a little darker than I would normally go for. Right. But but it does smell like pretty good coffee. It doesn't smell bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I always like the way that roasted coffee smells. It's mm-hmm. got a great flavor. Yeah. Great aroma. Right. What? Roasted coffee? Yeah. Is this a, this looks like an eco-friendly bag. It sounds like an eco-friendly bag. It's kind of really noisy. And you said this is, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Robusta? No, 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 no. Oh, it's not? You're confusing this with the last time. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, this is, um, this is an Arabica. Mm. It's right. a Sumatra, right? Yeah. Indo XYZ. Yeah, I don't know uh, what that means. Yeah, I'm trying to understand. Uh, indoxies? <laughs> is that oh. a thing? Indoxies? It's an, in, it's an Indonesian specialty coffee created with the sole purpose of fueling the ambitious, the tireless, although I would say it's maybe for the people who are tired, <laughs> the risk takers, the builders, and the innovators. Really? Does it say all that? Yeah, I mean, it's only for those people. Oh, yeah, BioTree. They're getting these bags from Pacific Bag. Okay, cool. Nice bags. We have shopped with this company that makes these bags. Amazing. Us and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's <laughs> awesome. So this coffee, according to the website, the process is called wet hulling. Okay. Mm, what okay. is that? Describe that. I think that's that's just another name for washed coffee, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Where they break the it's a wet it's a water process where they break the exterior of the bean, like the fruit, off, mm-hmm. and then they're left with the the beans. It's and, not really anything special. Yeah, it's pretty common. I just hadn't heard that term yeah. before. Yeah. Wet hauling. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. just another name for mechanical separating. Sometimes you'll hear it called mechanical separation of coffee too. Mm. They probably got a panagos. Wet holer. Oh, you know what? I snapped a screenshot of this guy's coffee company page. This this is the Tentera company, his okay. like other company. Because there's like a bunch of guys standing in front of a roaster and it looks pretty small. Yeah, I wanna see too. I'm gonna guess that it's probably still a small company. Oh yeah. You can make it They've got five, five dudes standing around. Five dudes roasting on a forty-pound roaster. Appears to be a, a fifteen kilo would be my guess. Let me see. Yeah. All right, Steph. Can you I be just broke your phone. with my phone. Sorry. Do you think that's even a fifteen? It, it like doesn't look 10. tiny. Fifteen pound, maybe. That looks like a tiny little roaster. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? You is, said these are on their website. Yeah, this is the Tentera website. Maybe it, this was back in the day. These are old photos. I mean, they started, started in 2019, right? Yeah, 18 or 19. Yeah, <laughs> old photos. I'm trying to understand. Yeah, that's a super tiny roaster. Why? How do they employ five people on that yeah, tiny ass roaster? At, right. Maybe they're just buddies. Um, I just looked up Snoop Dogg's net worth. Finally, does anybody want to guess? One point two billion. Four hundred million. You guys are both way over the top. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. He's not way richer. No. Ten million. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's richer than that. I think he's pulling a Suge Knight. <laughs> A uh, hundred and fifty million is his net worth, which is very respectable. Very respectable. Very. Respectable. very. Okay, ten Terra coffee. 
Let's see. Do you want to guess Snoop Dogg's IQ? I don't know why that comes up on Google. That's pretty funny. I would, 110. I'm giving him genius status. 124. You guys are both low on this one. So oh. It's allegedly 147, according to someone on Twitter. That's higher know. than Albert Einstein. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. So, just so you know. It's. I mean, imagine how brilliant he would be if he wasn't stoned all the time. Right? He'd be doing the Particle quantum. Physics. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tentera Coffee has like no pictures of themselves. It's all marketing. Okay. And titties? They got titties. <laughs> or is that they just save that for Indo? Uh, uh, uh. Um, I mean, there are some no kind of sexy surfer type women. Those like, are athletes. No, no. These are, they're not actually surfing. They're just like the type of women I would no, imagine sure, hanging out I'm with I'm sure surfers. Snoop was responsible for all those ladies. But this was a long time ago, 182 weeks ago. Okay. So they have seemed to have remodeled their image. Should we do the olfactory reveal? Um, oh, we kind of did we a little did, bit. We did. Now we can do the actual. Yeah. Maybe he just has like a babe for a girlfriend because like maybe it's just a bunch of like pictures of her and her on Tentera's website. Um, if his family is worth $150 billion or whatever, then I would hope that he did have a hot girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It's only $1.5 billion. Maybe it's one of Snoop's ladies. Old favors. I need. To, I would love to be married to someone worth one point five billion dollars. No, makes me feel great. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I'm she a, would hate it. I'm perfectly fine being married to someone worth one point five yeah. thousand dollars. Well, I I would love to be divorced from somebody who is worth one point five billion dollars. That'd be nice. Little uh, little alimony. Yeah. 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 Ooh, yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. 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 It's not bad. I predict that it's going to require Uncle Nearest whiskey. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad? It's not bad. (laughs) Is it the shiznit or is it just shiznit? It's got a robust roast on this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has dark roast vibes. Yeah. Do you know Sumatran coffees have a very unique flavor? Typically, Mm. they're really heavy on tobacco Mm -hmm. and vanilla. And I find that this is... Does not shy away from that. Okay, good. Sumatran yeah. coffees are typically what are used as a as like an ingredient or a base for um, espresso coffees. That's a pretty common base for an espresso blend. Add in, yeah. It usually doesn't take a lot, like 10, 20%. Really? Of a espresso blend. Hmm. Yeah. Because this little like tobacco-y funk goes a long way. <laughs> not in a bad way. Uh-huh. You know, but funk, it is... it's my favorite, one of my favorite genres. <laughs> it's a little dark um for my general preferences so i'm gonna get some milk yeah i think i'll, I'll but I'll it's not bad there. it's not bad it's just i feel like uh yeah like we're talking about espressos or whatever yeah. like a latte cappuccino this would be really tasty with mm. you know what this is traditional mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh we like to taste the coffee black if we're not ready to give it a no bad review, then we might add some cream, some sugar, some whiskey, some whipped cream, whatever it takes to get to the point where yeah. we can give it a yeah. not bad review. So that's our grading si- system, which is great. You know, we've got a process right now, kind of working our way through it right now, working our way through this process. Yes. You know, getting a little milk. Ooh, heavy whipping cream. You've got heavy whipping cream. Only for mm. you. Thank oh. you. So I added some cream, milk cream whatever yeah milk with one percent cream mostly water 
<laughs> Did you know that whole milk is only 3%? So this is like, like, the, like the difference between 1% and whole milk is like hardly anything. Or it's 200%, depending on how you look at it. I mean, if we're going on a scale of 100%, no. <laughs> if you, if you're, 100% is what you got in your hand right now. I love it. Versus... 1% to 3%? Come on. We're talking a 2% difference between whole milk and 1%. We are talking a 99% difference, though, I feel between. Like, um, the milk that I added to it, you know, needs a little extra help. I feel like it could use a little sugar. It's oh. it's just like a little um, robust for me. Yeah. It's like throwing an ice cube uh, at a house fire. <laughs> you know? It's really not going to do much to it. It's burnt, that house burning. I feel like if I had, you know what I would really like is like, um, I feel like I would like some whipped cream. You have whipped cream too? I Holy cow. You've know. got all I've the got big sugar. guns today. I'm just going to have, I'm going to start out with sugar. sugar. I tried it black. I didn't love it. It is, um, as someone who enjoys a darker roast, it was too dark for me. So I added some heavy whipping cream, and this is not bad. Okay. I think it is like a good base for a cappuccino or something, but not something you want to drink. Hit some whipping cream because the milk itself, you know, just wasn't enough. Didn't stand up enough. Mm. Mm. I do have vanilla. You know, I'm I'm good here. Um, I kind of want to go back to the gin and juice that I was having earlier today, (laughs) though. You know, does he have his own gin line? Um, not that I'm aware of. I didn't come across that shockingly. How right? is that not like the first thing he started? It's crazy. Right? There should be a juice line and a jizz line. Oh, and, and a jizz, a jizz line. <laughs> All right. This just took Woo. a this just took a turn that we never take on this podcast. Yeah. Snoop Dogg and Uncle Nearest Whiskey together. Is that a thing that we're trying? Yes, we could try it. Look, sure. I think, that, I think that's a appropriate combo. I know he's into cognac. I don't know if he's into whiskey, but yeah. I feel like he'd be okay with it. I think because okay. it's Uncle Nearest, yes. Yes. I think that's why he'd be okay with it. But maybe he's into, you know, Jack Daniels or whatever, too. I don't know. <sighs> oh, thank you. A lot of cream and a healthy shot of Uncle Nearest. Mm. Is that good? So good. It is a lot of whiskey. Probably. Thank you. I feel delicious. like Marcus always puts a lot in. I do too, though. I think he was just matching what I normally do. <laughs> yeah. So who is this coffee for, guys? Oh, this coffee is, I mean, if you want it really dark, it is like really dark. They only had one option on the website, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. It was like one dark roast or you could get a I'm ready cold to drink. brew, right? I don't know. It's not bad. It's just extremely dark. So yeah. You need to mix. You need to make a cappuccino or mix a lot of cream with it. Um, it's fine. I think it's uh, it's the perfect coffee for after a yacht party. Oh. Next day. Next morning. You know, yeah. A little, yeah, a little pick-me-up. You need something You're serious. You're still on the boat. You're still in the fucking dock. <laughs> oh you haven't left. Thought about leaving last night. Am I seasick? Am I hungover? Is it both? Right. It's me and 17 ladies on a, on a yacht. <laughs> I think I might owe them $1,500. <laughs> <laughs> For their time. <laughs> um, I think this coffee's for Hario when you need to run shit. <laughs> yeah. So it really is. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's building dreams, you know, and oh. going after them. 
I get it. I get why it's for building dreams. You just need to stay awake for like 18 hours and move a shit ton of crack. I think when you have a shit ton of crack, you don't need coffee to stay up. Oh. Okay. Well, that's uh, our episode, guys. Yeah, I wish. I'm sorry. I wish I had something nicer to say about the coffee. Yeah. You know what? I think it's. Uh, I think that there's a time and place for dark roasted coffee. I like. I said. I think this coffee is great with like milk, and I think it'd be really good with some vanilla. Um, and it's and tough. Sumatran coffee has its has a very distinct flavor. Uh, um, so it's kind of tough. You either really like it, or you you know you really don't. So it's. It's a divisive coffee. There's a coffee out there for everything, though. That's like, right. I'm not going to be able to use that, say, that Goshen GFA coffee if I want a latte oh, or an true. iced vanilla coffee. Like, that's not going to work. This Indo. Yeah. I mean, Sumatra is a really important ingredient in, like, Starbucks's uh, repertoire. So mm-hmm. I actually you know. used to drink the Sumatra in Starbucks all the time. I loved it. It was as black as the night. Yeah. 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 So there's you know, a, that time hits a for place. a lot of people. So right. yeah. this is great if you like a darker roast. Right. Awesome. Yeah. And you get to support Snoop Dogg. I don't know that he needs your support. But if you're trying to help the children through Snoop Dogg. That's right. You can help out a youth football league. Yeah. Awesome. Help like pad his coffers a little more. Mm-hmm. And if and you want to help out three other children, there's three adult children uh, here. You can <laughs> sign up on patreon.com forward slash no bad reviews. Um, for that, you'll get some more bonus content, which we're, we're about to put out here on our Love It or Leave It. So we've got a couple episodes coming out here. Um, you can support our drinking habit. That's always really helpful because it's expensive to keep us lit up. Right, Steph? I'm going <laughs> to spend all my money on drugs. Please mm-hmm. send it in. Every month. So that's how you do it. Stick with us. We'll see you on the next party. And uh, thanks for joining us on this one. Indo Coffee by Snoop Dogg. Indo XYZ. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Couple weeks, right? Uh, Theoretically, if I come back. Right. (laughs) I think you'll come back from New York. It's a very high cost of living there. That's true. You're right. I'll have to come back. And like, do you really want to live in a hundred square foot apartment with your family? (laughs) No. God, no. I didn't think so. We'll find out uh, next week, folks. Did Steph like her her trip? We'll find out. I'll bring some coffee. All right. I want to hear the No Bad Reviews version of New York. Awesome. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.